Hear ye, hear ye, all gather to hear Master Joe. From this point forward, we are going to call them Bridgewater. You know what we call 20 years around here? We call it Two Gruden. Nobody cares about fantasy, Sean. Nobody. They won the game they needed to win. Greg Williams should never step foot in an NFL locker room. You good? You got it all up? Events grow and grow and grow. It's reps and reps and reps. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, just throw and throw and throw and throw. Terrible, terrible, terrible defense. And we don't recognize boundaries in 2021. That has to make you happy as a Buffalo fan. I'm old, leave me alone. Because he's not a quarterback, so does this still count as QB? Like, this is the best. They are not going to eat some W's, but they will definitely eat some L's. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Out of Bounds podcast, Out of Bounds with the Z. I'm Joe McDonald, as I always am, joined on, well, this is, this is a Wednesday, so, you know, it, it's pretty close. Uh, Mr. Sean Lawler. Sean, how are you doing this fine February evening? Oh, not too bad, you know. Glad to be back. You know, you're looking pretty relaxed after a little John and Ballin, so, yeah, it looks, <laughs> it looks good. Listen, I had a school board meeting, or not a school board meeting, but I had a school meeting tonight and then did another show. Sean, as always, has been patient. Uh, we were supposed to record last night, but somebody decided to take a little nap that lasted a little too long, and it wasn't me. So on I, that I note, always Sean, love curling up on a couch, <laughs> but... <laughs> Listen, if you're going to throw shots at me, I'm going to throw shots at you, so... <laughs> <laughs> we are back. We decided to take a week off just because after the Super Bowl, after a crazy season of two shows a week, I thought we deserved it. Plus, Sean had to, to talk the NBAs. He always does with guys who no longer talk to me. Um, but, Sean, it is the offseason. We're not really into the thick of it yet. Free agency hasn't started yet. The franchise tag window did open, but as of yet, there's been no people tagged. Not too surprising. But we do have a lot of news to talk about. So let's get right into it. The biggest story I think you can agree so far this offseason has been Brian Flores. It's been his letting go of the Dolphins. It's been his class action lawsuit against the league and different teams. Well, we did have a little bit of an update to the Flores situation and then another little uh, wrench thrown into the situation. The update is, is Brian Flores got a job, but it wasn't as a head coach. It wasn't as a coordinator. What it was was as a senior defensive assistant and linebackers coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sean, we know the Steelers. Their history as a franchise is obviously incredible. The the, uh, Rooney ownership, also the Rooney role that we've talked about numerous times, comes from the organization. Mike Tomlin being one of only two African-American coaches, not of mixed race, of course, Lovey Smith being the other hired this year. Sean, what are your feelings on Flores taking this job? Do you like it? Do you not like it? We'll get into the other stuff after this, but what was your first reaction when you saw this? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was a great hire by the Steelers. I thought it was a perfect situation for him going in under Mike Tomlin, who's got about as secure a job as anybody in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he can hire and fire whoever he wants without question, basically. <laughs> More of the higher persuasion, but yeah. Um, I, I thought it was a good fit. Brian Flores working under that defense, uh, working his way back. Deal, we're just, you know, in a competent organization while he deals with the mess that is the NFL. I get that everybody's really excited about this. I, I'm excited because Brian Flores is a great football coach. So I think he has an opportunity to, to help lead young men and to teach them and to really grow the game of football. Unfortunately, it's for the Steelers, a team I don't like. So in that regards, boo. <laughs> Uh, but 
I'm also not crazy about this move because it's a little too on the nose. And I'm not blaming Brian Flores and I'm not blaming Mike Tomlin. But when you have two African-American coaches and a coach who was, I think a lot of people will say, at least on the field record-wise, was not supposed to be fired, and he takes a, a an assistant job with one of the only two African-American coaches, it just doesn't feel right. Now, he's been asked since then, you know, did you have any contact with Bill Belichick about possibly going back to New England? He's like, no, we haven't really talked. And he's like, you know, you never know, but I don't see it happening and things of that sort. Where else should he go? I don't know. But to me, we've seen guys get hired from positions. We've seen guys who aren't coordinators get hired. We've seen guys who, you know, are position coaches get hired. So can he become a head coach again? Sure. I think that's a question being asked. Let me ask you this. Are Brian Flores and the Rooney's going to have a sit-down conversation? Because I, I do wonder this. Again, the Rooney family is one of the most respected in Western sports. And no matter what sport it is, when you think of the Rooney's, you think of respect and the longtime ownership, you know, Art, Dan, and all this stuff. Is there a chance that Brian Flores and Mike Tomlin go have a conversation with the Rooney family and go up and just say, listen, these are our concerns. Like, you know, Mike can speak from a position and saying, listen, you gave me an opportunity. and You've rewarded me in that faith and that opportunity to be the coach of the Steelers, you know, and all this stuff. And here's a guy like you can see where he's coming from, right? Like he, you know, like you could argue he's just as good of a coach as me or, or you know, whatever they want to say. Yeah. Do you think that conversation is going to happen or is it just like, well, that's a separate thing? But honestly, if the Rudys want to keep the rule in their name, this is what they have to do. They've just been handed on a silver platter, an opportunity to become one of the most powerful families in the NFL. Like if they can bridge this gap and get this done, like Jerry Jones, I'm sorry. You're just like, you're going to have to sit in the corner. <laughs> like You're yeah. not the most powerful family. This is, this is a delicate situation, but I think they need to step up. Um, I would I would have loved to have seen if the Bills had the stones to hire him. Mm-hmm. Um, like he could definitely take over as defensive coordinator if Leslie Frazier ever gets hired again. Or linebackers like, coach. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah. like like that's what I mean. Know? Step in there and then eventually work his way up. Because if this is good, if he's not going to settle this with the NFL this year, it's going to take a long, long time. And I think this is the right organization to kind of align yourself with. And we'll really see who the Rooney's are. Uh, I, I think there's a chance. I'm, I'm not sure if it happens, but I just want to get your feelings on that. Everything you said was absolutely right. I mean, the Rooney's are already one of the most respected families. Now it's time for them to wield some of that power. And I think that that's what you can see. I'm not sure anybody's going to dethrone Jerry just because of the media market and the billions that he brings in. But no, I, I absolutely agree with you that it is, this is a chance for the Rooney's to step into the 21st century and become real power players in the ownership circles of the NFL, not just due to a legacy, but due to the recent actions. Um, the other bit of news to come out of the Brian Flores situation is he, again, he's been making the media rounds. This is something that he's done since the very beginning, like it or don't like it. That That's everybody's personal opinion. But he said that he refused to sign a non-disclosure agreement, an NDA, with the Dolphins upon his firing on his release and basically it cost him millions of dollars but it allowed him to speak his truth and basically be open about what happened in Miami now the uh, the 
Dolphins and owner Stephen Ross have come out and said no such agreement existed. We did not ask Brian to sign an NDA. There was not one offered. Sean, I don't want to play he said, he said, but gut feeling. Was there an NDA? Absolutely. <laughs> this is Stephen Ross who offered him $100 million or $100,000 per loss. Like, that's definitely allegedly. Allegedly, yeah, I I'll stand by the fact that that's going to be proven <laughs> true. Like Stephen Ross is definitely the kind of person who would do this. He's a Trumpian, like he he's along that same swamp waters, so he's got the same tendencies. And yeah, no, it's it's if it smells like a fish and it stinks like a fish and it looks like a fish, it is a fish. I agree with you to a point. Man, I don't want to say it was a full NDA. This might be splitting hairs, but like Stephen Ross has to know. Like, I don't care what his politics are or anything. This dude had a winning record. You're firing him because you didn't get along with him or he didn't want to go along with the plan. On what planet do you think offering him an NDA? Pretty sure that he's not going to sign it and then has the right to go out and talk about it. I don't know, man. Like, to me, that's like cheating on your wife and using your joint Uber account to, like, get the girl a ride home. Like, I don't know if you want to put those receipts out there in the world, man. Like, that's not how you keep stuff hush-hush. So, like, did Steven say, hey, listen, could we work something out, you know, whatever? And Brian's like, nah, I'm good. But, like, a full non-disclosure legally binding agreement, eh, I don't know about that well, he, you're talking splitting hairs. So maybe they're both correct in this fact when, and his, what he's saying is basically Stephen Ross went to him and was like, will you sign an NDA? And he's like, no, I will not. And Stephen Ross is like, I never produced an NDA for him to not sign. And he's saying, I didn't sign it because he declined it right from the start. Like that's maybe the that's yes. that this is going to be. Everybody has their own truth. Everybody has their own truth. Nobody's lying, but nobody's fully telling the truth. We're missing some context here. I think that's truths. probably, yeah, everybody's got half truths. Yes, that's absolutely right. All right, Sean, let's move on from that into the next thing. Another thing that happened, we have the combine coming up in Indianapolis, as we always do. Um, the combine is flawed as it is, even though I fixed it a few, actually last year I fixed it, but nobody took my advice. So, you know, here they are screwing it up again. Um, we came very close to missing out on the field action for about 150 athletes. Basically what happened, if you didn't see the news was the NFL said that they were going to have a bubble, that each player was only going to be allowed one trainer to be inside the bubble. They were not going to be allowed to travel about town. They were not going to be allowed to leave the premises. These players, again, I think it's 342 is maybe the total that was invited, but they have nutritionists, they have, you know, ther- massage therapists, they have trainers, all this stuff. These prospects are not members of the NFL Players Association, but they are also not affiliated with their colleges anymore. They are basically left out in the wind. The agents have to pay for the training and stuff for these players. But the players, now it was never official, but there was talk of a boycott where basically the agents for a talk. T- 150 players said, listen, you can't cut them off access. Like you've, they're basically talking about the changing of event times, 
putting events too close together. This is why guys skip some events because they're risking injury, stuff like this. Now, the players, even if they boycotted the on-the-field stuff, were still going to show up. They said they would still do the interviews. They would still go through the medical test, all the stuff that the combine is actually important for, which is the interviews and the medical stuff, not the on-the-field stuff. The NFL caved and said, okay, we're not going to do a bubble. You, know, you can bring whoever you want, stuff like that. But what I want to talk about, Sean, is not only that, but the NFL Players Association came out at this hard. I mean, really hard. They came out with a press release where they said that the combine is antiquated, that they have not been a fan of it for years. It is not necessary. These players can get it done at their pro days. Some in the league office tend to agree with them. I'm sure some even GMs agree with them. But, Sean, what about that PA statement and what about this whole situation in general did you take away from it? I thought the NFLPA was on the right point. You're already doing the pro days. Like, why can't you do everything else with it? Like, why isn't that sufficient? Why, why do you have to have this whole dog and pony show mm-hmm. that you put on for, like, it, it isn't. I just, yeah, I can't understand why they have to put it on. I'm glad the player stepped up and said, if you, if you want to have this, you must go by our rules. You can't be changing the rules to these shitty rules. Yeah. And, you know, if we're going to show up and the top ones, like, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. So that's, it was just absolutely ridiculous. It, it was, it was really the first time that I've seen a non-union entity act like a union. Basically the agents and the players who aren't represented by anybody come out and said, listen, these are our demands. If you don't like it, we'll show up. But we're not doing what you want us to do. We're not going to go out on TV. We're not going to be on NFL Network all day, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're not going to be on ESPN. We're not going to do the 40 times, all this stuff. So, I mean, they did wield power. And, again, a really important thing was brought up when the Players Association put this out. They said, these guys are not in our association. They're not represented by anybody, which is terrifying to think of. And when you think of these guys, if they're not – I mean. Does everybody need a nutritionist? Does everybody need three trainers? I'm not a professional athlete. I can't say yes or no. They think they do and they're paying for it. So let them do it. But in the same fact, if a guy goes out there and he doesn't have the right people around him and he pulls his hamstring or he tears something, I mean, accidents happen. But if you're not getting the proper medical care because the NFL decides they want to bubble, like, I mean, you lose. There's, I mean, there's, there's nothing. You don't have insurance. You don't have you know, a guaranteed contract. You don't have anything waiting for you. So, I mean, it it was interesting to see the NFL cave because the agents, we kind of talked about last year in the offseason, there was some almost colluding, you know, with the agents and contracts and stuff like this. It seems that the agents, as slimy as some of them could be, and yes, I'm looking at you, Drew Rosenhaus, is they seem to have this collective idea that the NFL is unstoppable. But they can be slowed down from time to time. And if we all put our collective energy into one place, we can do that. And this is a couple times now we've seen this happen. I, I absolutely agree with you. What the feeling that I got is like we've already seen this in the major league baseball. We've already we're seeing it now in the NBA. It's kind of the tail end of the agents being able to wield the kind of power that they want. They're getting hired now for jobs yeah. <laughs> like in GM positions. And it's like, you know, China went through their industrial revolution like 10, 20 years ago. Whereas in the Western civilization, we went through it 
you know, a hundred or so years ago, a couple hundred years ago. Yeah. So the NFL being the most conservative of all the sports leagues is now going through it. Like the NHL went through it already too. Yeah. And so now the NFL's the agents are finally seeing that they can wield a little power, especially you've got the NFL on the ropes with Mm -hmm. Brian Flores. They're already dealing with those shots to the kidneys. So now they can't take these headshots from the NFLPA. Right now, this reminds me, not to the extent, but this if you've ever seen any of the um, Pirates of the Caribbean movies, like, you know, when a ship is taking on battle with one ship and all of a sudden another ship comes up and starts firing on them. And it's almost like I can only do so much at one time. And the NFL seems to be the ship that just keeps taking fire from all directions. I'm not sure that they're going to sink because then that means no more professional football. But they're going to lose some people and they're going to, lo- you know, they're going to have to lose some of these battles. They're going to win the war, but they're going to have to take some losses on some of these battles. And that's what I see coming out of this. All right, Sean. Listener be warned. Very brief. We have to talk about it. Deshaun Watson quarterback, Houston Texans for now. Uh, the reason I want to talk about this is because there was a little bit of information regarding his case, which also reflects his ability to be traded or play football. A judge in Texas has decided that nine of the 22 civil cases brought forth against the quarterback can call him as a witness. Now, his attorney, Rusty Harden, does not want this. They've been fighting about this for a while. Why do they not want this, Sean? Because any comments made in a civil matter can be used in a possible criminal matter. And of course, if he takes the fifth and things of that sort, then, you know, we all know, even though there's the court of law, there's the court of public opinion. Sean, I don't want to go deep on this because we still know so little about this. What did you take away from this? Does it change your perception if he'll play this year or if he'll get traded for anything like that? I don't think, I think he should be on the commissioner's uh, exemption list or whatever it is mm-hmm. he shouldn't even be on the table should be just take his salary off of houston let them do whatever they need to do like like honestly like just get him out of the like news like this it's he's mm-hmm. he's got to deal with this the women they don't want to be reading about this on espn and seeing some probably some garbage on twitter about sure. it and yeah. all that shit so just take him off the team like he's not eligible for anything until this is done. It'll be interesting what happens if mm-hmm. he's called in any of the cases. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's to me, that's the biggest news is, is what he says or if he says anything when these nine cases uh, go to, you know, whatever it is. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it is going to, I mean, at this point without knowing what he says or if he says anything, does it change anything? I mean, maybe, you know, it, it makes, like a little bit less clear it's kind of like when you scratch off a lottery ticket and you see like the first shade of a number you don't know what the number is but you know there's a number under there it's like okay we don't know where everything stands but we know it's moving like when's the last time we heard an update on anything it's been a while so now it seems that there's some news so we'll see now i do believe it's april 1st i think his attorney's Mm -hmm want him to testify after april 1st maybe or i can't remember if it's after or before i i I missed that part but yeah again this this is a really just we've talked about it it's a crazy situation it's it's a it's an it's a terrible situation i mean it is because really there's there's two things he did all the things and it's horrible or it's the biggest conspiracy in you know in the history of professional sport i mean like it, it again 
not picking sides, not saying you, you know, where we stand, we've talked about it, but like, this is just not going to have a good ending, but I just wanted to give an update to that and see what your thoughts were on it. Any other thoughts on it before we move on? Uh, no, it just sounds like they're delaying it because they want to basically figure out how it's going to go before mm-hmm. he has to do anything yeah. um, and kind of proceed from there. Yeah. So that'll like, they just basically want to see where it stands. Yeah. His attorneys want to drag out as long as possible because the longer it goes, usually the less inclined, you know, a complaining witness is, you know, because financially and, you know, like you said, harassment online, you know, it, it takes up your life, things of that sort. So they, they really want to try and stretch everything out. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. But Sean, let's get back to the football field because we did have another partnership in the NFL. We talked in the off season about gambling partnerships and, all these wonderful things the NFL was doing to bring attention and money to themselves. Well, guess what, Sean? They've turned some of that back around, and they've decided to spend a little bit of money. Maybe, but not really, but perhaps a little. The XFL, the revamped XFL, uh, is coming back this spring. And guess what, Sean? They've got a new friend. It's the NFL. (laughs) Because the XFL and the NFL have agreed to a partnership, even though it's not a partnership, They've said clearly it's not a partnership. It's not a partnership, Sean. It's not a partnership. But in case you didn't know, the XFL is going to be, quote, a breeding ground for innovation for the NFL. Uh, which, but they're not partners, Sean. They're not partners. They're not partners at all. They're not partners. They're, it's they're not a partnership. The ex- they're the experiment. <laughs> it's not a partnership. It's the, listen, it's not a partnership. But they're, they're going to the use some subject. Of the, they're going to be test subjects, but it's not a partnership, Sean. It's not a listen. It's not a partnership. The XFL made it very clear that this is not the first step in becoming a partner with the NFL or a minor league for them. It's not a partnership, Sean. It's not okay. So they're disagreeing with the ESPN article calling it a partnership agreement in the first sentence <laughs> and in the listen, title. It's not a partnership. Now, I, I mean, listen, we know what this is. We know what this is. We've seen baseball use this in, in trying to use their minor leagues and wing to tinker with rules. Uh, we saw about putting the extra runner on base, you know, in, in like the 10th inning and, mm-hmm. you know, in two outs and all this stuff. The NFL wants name recognition. Like we know that the USFL is coming back. The USFL, unless you're of a certain age or live in a certain area, most people didn't know existed. They don't. Oh, yeah, I kind of remember that. The XFL, people at least remember. And Jim Kelly. I, I know Jim Kelly and Steve Young and all, but again, like we're in our late 30s. Most people don't remember the USFL. <laughs> like they just don't. But they remember the XFL. Remember he hate me? Oh, yeah, I remember that dude. Oh, remember the XFL, the wrestling thing? Oh, yeah, I remember that. So it's name recognition. But basically, the NFL is going to use it. I, I personally think they're going to use it to train refs, they're going to use it for uh, rule changes. Um, camera angles, officiating, things of that sort. Sean, what did you think of when this absolute not partnership was first announced? I'm feeling sorry for the CFL. I thought they had something about to go down with the XFL. <laughs> and then we get stamped and Yeah, I forgot that Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson owned the XFL mm-hmm. until I was listening to the... his ex-wife, I believe. With his ex-wife. Yeah, and I, it, it was brought up on the Press Box podcast after the it was, that him doing the intro was kind of a some was somewhat a conflict of interest until you think about it further and look it's at partnership like Sean. this. It's not a partnership. 
it's, so, it's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I want to play a fun little game. What are three things that you would like to see to see the XFL on the field? What are three things you'd like to see them experiment with in their inaugural season that the NFL could possibly use down the line? I actually didn't hate that kickoff. Like the co- instead of the coin flip, it's like a race for the football. That was dangerous. So guys were getting hit in the head, man. That was oh yeah, yeah. that was bad. I forgot about that part. <laughs> um yeah i don't know like training refs obviously that's a good one that you brought up but i don't know it's can i can i throw one out yeah throw one out at me one foot inbounds for catches oh come on that's the cfl does that or the ncaa like we all know know it's the right thing to do i know but but they can use it listen they don't want to take from college let's just come on they don't want to take from college but if they say we want to experiment (laughs) To see what happens with one foot down, they can say their new friends in the XFL are going to experiment with one foot down. Oh, okay. my God. Hold on. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Let me let me adjust this some. We want to steal, but we don't want to give credit to who no, we're no. stealing oh, to. That, welcome to America. Listen, I've got one for you. It's not one foot down. It's one heel down. Because we see the guys who get the toe taps on the sideline. Oh, yeah. But what if it's required that your heel touches full, the ground? A full, a full foot. A full foot or at least the back of your heel has to touch. So it's just, it's just a reverse toe tap then. Exactly. You have so you your heel I wouldn't, I wouldn't accept that. I'd say the whole thing. It's the whole foot or it's nothing. You can't take away the toe tap if you're going to keep the heel tap. Because that's yeah, a the thing. It's bigger than the toe. But the heel tap is already a thing. So if you if you're gonna steal it, but change it, yeah. make it the full foot. Okay, so you let's have do to get one a full, full foot. foot down. Yeah, you okay, can't so drag that's the one foot. Yeah, you one full foot. One I like the foot. compromise. I like where okay. we came from this. Okay, so I made fun so- of where they're taking the idea. <laughs> you, you change something. So okay, so how about the XFL experiments with one full foot down? Equals a catch. If you get two down, great. Now it could be two toes. That's fine, but it has to be one full foot. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Along, yeah. Another thing I I think along the same lines is like cat, th- going through the catch when you're falling down. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're going to experiment need, with that. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely need to do something about that because they're like basically you can't a thing can't move. You have to be like an absolute statue. <laughs> as you're falling to the ground <laughs> at 30 kilometers an hour <laughs> like, it's great it's great all right so do you have any other rules that you'd like to see him experiment okay you just said the the, the catch so you want to see yeah. him mess with the catch some anything uh, else i want to see them try and steal from the cfl a little uh, well as somebody moving who's not forward familiar. So being able to, as a receipt, because in the NFL, you can't oh, move okay. forward on motion. Hmm. It has to be sideways or backwards. So say out of the backfield, you could move, you can have a slight running start. Mm-hmm. So what do you that. say? Like maybe no more than two yards? Yeah. So you can't, like in the CFL, you can like go back like five, 10 yards oh, yeah, you, and, yeah. and just be like at a full sprint. 
So yeah. like, say you're motioning out of the backfield, mm-hmm. you can start going forward. As long as you still, don't pass the line. As long as you don't pass the line, but, yep. and you can still hike it like as they're going forward, like in now they have to go forward and go sideways. So mm-hmm. this one, they kind of can just go forward towards the line and be able to hike it. Like that's as far as you can go. Okay. I'm going to piggyback off that idea, which I like that. Let's make it two to three yards is the only is the only amount of distance you're allowed to move forward. But we're going to experiment with one coach's challenge that can challenge any play on the field. So if you think that a guy was across the line of scrimmage and the ref missed it, you can then challenge that play of that player being across the line before the ball was snapped. You can challenge penalties. You can challenge an offside. You can challenge any play on the field once a game. So one special coaches challenge where you get to challenge anything on the field. I like that. It's going to be, it's going to get, we're going to have such a heyday when like a coach uses it like absolutely stupidly. Like it's, it's, it's yeah. going to be And great. that one you don't I get like back. It. Win or lose, that's your only one of that. I like that. There's no reward. The reward mm-hmm. is overturning the call you yes. felt went against you. Yep. That's, that's enough of a reward. And you yeah, can ju- and yeah, I don't like the no stipulations on like what can and cannot be reviewed. It's like you can just say, like, I want to review penalty. this. A penalty. This part of the play. Like, I want to yeah. review, like, yeah. He, Those- you know, a guy goes across the middle. He gets hit in the head. We see on replay that he was actually hit in the shoulder, but they threw a flag. I want to challenge that. He hit him in the shoulder. Take that penalty away. The refs have actually been pretty good about that. They were in the that. playoffs for that. But, but yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, if it's missed, if it's if missed. it's missed, absolutely. That, I would something. like to see that. Yeah. Um, let's come up with one more. Uh, I tell you what, I'd like to see with the jersey switches. We don't need to worry about the crybaby Baltimore Ravens talking about who's eligible and who's not. We can't tell. It's so hard to play football. I would like to see the XFL experiment with the number of players on the line. Cause right now you have to have so many players up on the line, you know, across the line. You can't, you know, that had it off tackle and stuff like that. I'd oh, like to see them uh, like ex- on offense on offense. I would oh, like to see them experiment yeah. with only five guys required on the line. I like that. I like it. Yeah. Because what it does is it allows you more offensive innovation. It allows you guys to move in different positions and to be staggered in their positions. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's that's that's great. Like I anything like that to like get out of this like rigid, insanely conservative mindset that the NFL's got football in is is fine by me. I mean, if we're gonna do this, like let's do this. You yeah, know what like, I mean? Like let, let's let's if you're gonna be the XFL and you're gonna want eyeballs, you're gonna want I mean, you're gonna want it to look like football. Like let's I'm not trying to like change and then football. we throw borders on the sidelines. No, no, we're not yeah, it's no, we're not doing that, but it's um that'd be great if there was like a section oh oh what stealing Uh-oh. from the arena football oh no oh no <laughs> putting a mesh net on the back of the end zone like in the like in the end zone sides and back oof that's ah uh, <laughs> like let's get crazy i don't hate it i'd like to see it one yard off because I think if guys are running on the back line, they could get caught in the net. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. One yard. Yeah, like a little Not bit. Right but, it'll be, but it'll be, you can't throw it away in the end zone. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying, yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> basically, you have, to, yeah. You, well, you have to throw it through the middle. 
Like, yeah. basically, that's it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. That's not bad. Um, all right. One last story to get to, unless there's anything else you have. We have kind of a big deal that that broke tonight. I actually broke the news live earlier on the shows on, but uh, I did want to talk to you about it because it is kind of a big deal. Troy yeah. Aikman is leaving Fox for the lead spot on ESPN's Monday Night Football. Um, this is huge. Like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman have been together a very long time. Like really, on Fox, it was Pat Summerall and John Madden, and since then, it's been Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Um, this is a big, big deal. Uh, two guys who were kind of maligned for their careers, even though I thought they were both pretty good. You know, I've always been a Joe Buck fan. I never understood why people hated him other than he was Jack Buck's son. Uh, he's talked about that. And Troy Aikman, as much as I do not like the Dallas Cowboys, I thought over the years had gotten better as an announcer. Mm-hmm. And even when he, you know, when he covered Cowboys games, which was a lot, you know, working for Fox, he was very even-handed and fair. Uh, he was definitely critical of the Cowboys when they were deserving of it. And I thought got better as an analyst over the years. Sean, this is a huge deal. I mean, we know Al Michaels is basically going to be a free agent this year. There's some rumors that ESPN is going to chase him and try and match up Al Michaels with uh, Troy Aikman. Not sure if that's going to work, but I mean, Joe Buck, does somebody come up with him? You know, Greg Olson's been somebody who's kind of been pushed up the ranks pretty quickly. Um, I, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I kind of told you about this. Did you did you know about this before I said no, it? I can't. No, okay. you told me about it. So, yeah, so what are your I, thoughts on this? Yeah, I was shocked. Like I knew it, I knew there was a possibility he could leave, but I didn't really think it was a possibility until you told me it was happening. I was just like assumed that he would sign back with Fox and it would be Joe Buck and Troy Aikman next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah, I don't know about Al Michaels and Troy Aikman. Uh, yeah, I think Al Michaels will just go to Amazon and do that that whole thing. Yep. I think Fox should get crazy and not name a successor to Troy Aikman and just change it. They've got a cast of like color commentators. Mm-hmm. Let's have let's have like a half season tryout. Like I don't if you've got five of them, you yeah. rotate them in the first five games. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. There are some rumors that ESPN is going to try and lure Joe Buck. Uh, part of the reason that they went and got Troy Aikman is because Troy could bring Joe. I'm kind of surprised that they wouldn't try and go after Joe and then bring Troy. But, I mean, okay. Uh, the only thing I'd be worried about is I do like Joe Buck on, on Fox's baseball coverage. I think he's really great. So, I mean, but, hey, you go where the money's at. Um, some some could, names that have been negotiated cross-network deal and say – We've got yeah. Joe Buck for football. You got him for baseball. Yeah, I mean that's that's possible. Absolutely, we've actually seen that more recently. Um, some names that have been tossed around if Joe Buck stays to keep him as the number one partnership would be hiring Sean Payton. I don't know. I mean, whatever. Greg Olson. I thought he was okay. Uh, there was a name I brought up earlier in the show. I was on earlier. Uh, John and Ballin. Um, I love Mark Schlereth. If you ever get a chance to catch his games, I think he's really good. You know, ex player. Um, he was an offensive lineman for the Hogs and then played for the Broncos. Uh, his son played professional baseball, really well-spoken guy, uh, knows the game of football, kind of a no-nonsense guy. I think has a really good sense of humor, but very intelligent. I think Schlereth would be uh, – it would definitely be a surprise to, to move up to the number one uh, spot, but I wouldn't hate it. Um, yeah, there's – I mean, you never know. They could poach from somebody else, all this stuff, but – 
again, this is a partnership. I mean, how many years have they been together now? It's got to be like 15 years or something. Like, it's a long time. Yeah. It, no, it's it's been a while. It's like most of my adult life, or if not all of my adult life. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, that's what I said. Like, it was no joke when I said, like, after Batman Summerall, there was like a little bit of a law, and then it was like, okay, here's Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's it. I don't know what to tell you. And then you know? it was like, here's for baseball, here's Joe Buck and John Smoltz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I I it it's nuts. Um I'm trying to see. Yeah, I think they said like 20 years. Like 20 years they've been together. That's insane. That's insane to think about. So, again, this is a huge deal for ESPN because the Monday Night Football booth has been something that's been discussed many, many times over the Manning cast, which I've absolutely not watched any second of. You know, they talk about the reason people watch the Manning cast is because the Monday Night Football booth is no good. Well, they're investing, Sean. And apparently the deal is a five-year, $17.5 million deal. So it's going to pay Troy $3.5 million to be the, you know, the analyst. Again, who's he going to get as the color commentator? Maybe it's in studio and ESPN. Here's a name for you. It's kind of a weird fit because they've never worked together. Mina Kimes has called games for the preseason. She's a Seahawks fan. She's called them for the Rams. What if you promote Mina Kimes to the lead announcer on Monday Night Football? You have a woman, an experienced woman, a successful woman at your network who covers football. It's not the craziest idea, is it? No, no. I like the I like the thought. Um, I we'll see what ESPN does, uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think Game Joe Buck's probably their best bet. It's probably it's probably going to be what they do. Which again, I don't blame them. I, I listen. I just threw the Mina Kimes thing out there on a whim. I'm just oh, saying. Yeah. If no, you I, have a, absolutely, that's a great idea though. If you have a choice between Joe Buck and Mina Kimes at this point. As much as you believe in Mina and she could be the future, you take the sure thing in Joe right now. Now, do you bring Mina in as a third person? Do you, you know, because she knows analytics, she knows football. It's not like she's going to be lost in the conversation. You know, if you're going to have a three-person booth, it doesn't hurt to have a woman, and it doesn't hurt to have a woman who knows what the hell she's talking about. Mm-hmm. No, I like it. Sean, after all these wonderful, great ideas and all these fantastic topics, do you have anything else to talk about, sir? No. we've got the saints hiring co-defensive coordinators or promoting listen (laughs) i thought of you the minute i saw it (laughs) we talked about it last year with the the, the dolphins and we saw what happened with that so it it just doesn't end well it does not end well at all i like Um, the lawmakers introducing a bill to eliminate subsidies for pro stadiums that's yeah. always good. The social assume he loves that. So stop giving tax breaks to the ultra rich to build things that they then make only they make money from. It's like, uh-huh. why are we pumping money into it if it, we don't gain anything? That's right. Don't fucking say jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. If, we'll see how that goes, especially with Buffalo wanting a new stadium. Yeah, I, I mean, again, we we've got. We've got all kinds of news to hit this offseason. We're going to have a lot of fun topics. Of course, the draft is going to come up. We'll talk about the combine. Uh, we're, we're talking about doing some maybe cross-promotion stuff with a, a friendly podcast of ours who, who know the college game a little bit better than we do when we talk about some of these draft guys. But that's down the road. But, Sean, 
thank you so much for this tonight. This was a blast. I'm I'm so glad to be back. As much as I as much as I like John and balling with the other guys, my heart is in out of bounds and it's with you, sir. So we we are a partnership, Sean. We are a partnership, and I will put it on legal paper if you need to. I will admit it. I will post it on ESPN. We are a partnership. All I right? know I don't offer you everything that you need as a co-host. I'm not the jealous type. <laughs> oh, stop it's it. fine. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. First off, I'm not the host over there. So don't even try and say that I'm getting it over there. So don't don't do that to me. <laughs> Don't even try. Do not turn this. Do not turn this into a lover's quarrel at the end of the podcast. Do not. Uh, on that note, uh, this is the Out of Bounds podcast. Out of Bounds of the Z. Don't forget to come check us out on all your favorite streaming platforms. Go check out Sean and Marcus and Trey on Charity Stripe Commentary. Those guys, you guys are killing it. Uh, the NBA getting ready to start back. What tomorrow? I believe. Yeah, on Thursday. Tomorrow. There was some G so, League action tonight. It was very exciting. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for my Pacers to go uh, 27 and 0 and make it to the playoffs and win it all. So uh, excited for that to happen. We'll see. Get started Friday. Uh, go check out Lewis and Brendan on a Ginger's Tailgate podcast where they're talking about a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of college. You know, of course, we just talked about the combine. They're going to talk about some of their favorite players coming up and stuff and guys they think might be some busts and guys they might think have some success on Sundays in the NFL. Uh, check out me on John and Balling which is on Wednesday nights live at 8 o'clock, although it was get a little bit started later tonight because of me. Uh, but you can also check that out in podcast form anywhere you get this podcast. And again, just uh, everybody be safe, be careful, stay warm, stay above water, a lot of flooding all across the country. Um, in all seriousness, uh, love you, everybody. Uh, it's okay to not be okay. Be safe. Sean, take it easy, my friend. Peace. Pib or Mr. Pib? Uh, Dr. <laughs> no, not Mr. Pib. Screw you. I know what you're trying to do. Um, <sighs> what happened with the combine where about, you know, the almost boycott and then they worked everything out. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about just real quickly, Deshaun Watson, about the judge's decision about him testifying. We don't have to go into the he said she, you know, all that, but like just how that's kind of a big deal the XFL to the NFL and then breaking news tonight Troy Aikman leaving Fox going to be the lead analyst on Monday Night Football for ESPN
Wow. Yeah. So we'll talk about that and anything else that pops up. But I do not want to talk about that uh, quarterback. Yeah. Maybe I'll sprinkle in a few more things. So whenever you are ready, sir, we will get going. I'm ready. All right. It's been a while. Let's see if I can remember how to do this.